Hey everyone, it's Maribel Blue with another Maribel Blue Unfiltered. Tonight's show is going to be a recording because I can't even begin to tell you how busy my life has been um, with the webinar series launching, and I'm going to get into that in a minute, and another project that I got involved with. I'm very, very excited to share that audio ad with you. So I will be playing that in just a moment. But I did want to just start off the show with announcements on the webinar series. As you know, Kinky Magazine, Keeping It Kinky, We are now launching a new webinar educational program series, and I'm so excited to do this. It has been a long time in the making, literally, and now being connected with Skyhawk and working with the owner of Skyhawk, it has just been a groundbreaking experience to have the opportunity to work with somebody who's so intelligent and nurtures my ideas. And I'm so happy for working with Brian and having this project launch. So we are now going to be holding a webinar series and I have selected those who have been around the scenes for quite some time and there's going to be different types of courses. The courses will not be shared in open media until the educator is scheduled and the class is ready to go so that we can have people sign up. And the reason why I'm being elusive about it, because there's so many people trying to lift my ideas or even anybody else's ideas that um, that are doing well and they're successful. And I just think it's insulting to share this and have somebody just take it and run with it and have inexperienced people share things that may not help the community are goals are to make sure and ensure the safety of community members by sharing correct information. So I'm very, very excited. If you are interested in participating in the the um, the webinar series, what I mean participating as far as signing up and subscribing so that you can be part of the the series and get your education, just sign up at mailing list at kinkymagazine.com. There will be a different address for the educators. That way I will be in contact with them directly. If anything should happen, that one educator can't make it, that there's a replacement. So there's a whole lot of wonderful, positive things going on. So with all that being said, the next project I will let King Lexa take the reins on this because the way she puts it so eloquently, I will not be able to do that. So with that being said, I am going to play this audio ad and we will be right back. 
Hi guys, my name is King Lexa and I want to share about a movement that truly moves me and speaks to my heart. The movement is known as Bigger Than Sex, a nonprofit video movement causing sex workers from different lines of sex work to get together and take a stand for something bigger than sex for something bigger than what we do for a living. In creating videos of gratitude, we aim to cause female empowerment within our community. We also aim to raise funds for the charity known as the Cupcake Girls, who do so much for the community, who do so much for sex trafficked victims, who help sex workers financially. In creating these videos of gratitude, we also aim to capture the genuine diversity within sex work. This movement could not be fulfilled without community standing together in the same possibility. I am eternally humbled and grateful for the women who want to take a stand for this cause. Thank you so much for listening. And if this movement speaks to your heart, you may donate, you may share it, you may even become a part of it. Please reach out to Bigger Than Sex on Twitter or Instagram. Thank you. And we are back. That was the message from King Lexa and the movement that she has created. And like the conversations that she and I have been having uh, the last few hours, you can say the last 24 hours have just been invigorating, inspiring, and she just has taken everything to a whole new level. And not just her, but just everyone who is involved, including myself. And I'm super excited to be involved in this movement. I think it's something that is much, much needed, especially in our time of discord. We need to find ways to come together in a much more positive perspective. So I'm happy about that. And moving on, to the next subject and why I wanted to explain why I wanted to do an audio, not an audio, but just a, um, not a live, but a, an audio, a recorded show is what I'm trying to say. I just wanted to really get some points that I wanted to discuss on tonight's show in order. That way I don't feel like I am all over the place. It's not like I don't like doing a live show. I just think for some episodes, it's super important for me to record in advance and just kind of get my thoughts together and be a little bit more self-conscious of how I am expressing myself during the shows. I had the opportunity of listening to old episodes that I recorded and I was editing them for the Skyhawk shows, and I found that there were a lot of things that I said that I didn't like, like, you know. <laughs> I said that 
a lot. So I am trying to be mindful of when I'm speaking and conducting interviews that I refrain from saying that and just basically listen and and not have to use those two words. And I'm really even trying to be mindful right now. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about was something that I had seen on Twitter that was trending, which was Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star. Apparently, Shane Dawson had created a video where he was simulating masturbating to Jada Pinkett Smith's daughter. I think her name is Willow. And apparently he did this at a very young age because his hair was straight. He was thinner. And I'm not sure what if he had came out with his sexual orientation or he just wasn't talking about it and just kind of keeping it a secret because sadly we still live in a world that if somebody has a career and they come out, they're afraid that the career is going to go down the drain uh, due to the fact that they have a different type of belief of, of sex and who their partners are, etc. Which personally, I think it's ridiculous. If we're still living in ancient times, then I don't know what the fuck to say about this world, to be honest with you. So, with all that being said, here is Shane Dawson simulating, simulating this uh, masturbation to this child which I will say is quite disturbing. I'm not sure what he was thinking, why he did that, whether or not he thought it was funny. You know, I was following Shane Dawson at some point on YouTube because I liked his conspiracy theories stuff. I like conspiracy theories. I like watching videos like that. But I soon unfollowed him when I just found that he was absolutely ridiculous. As a matter of fact, I was even following him on Twitter. I unfollowed him there. I never followed Jeffree Star, not that I remember. Once upon a time during the MySpace days, people didn't have an issue accepting other people's friend requests. You can have like thousands upon thousands of friends on MySpace and it was great because everybody had their own personalized page, so it represented their personality. And Jeffree Star was on my page, and I remember his his profile pic vivid, vividly, which was him throwing up Lucky Charms, which we all thought it was funny at the time, in the sense that you have like a... Well, I don't know if that's funny now that I'm thinking about it, because if you have an eating disorder and I had a friend who had that type of eating disorder of throwing up her food, whereas my eating disorder was taking laxatives, which I sadly still do to this day. But I'm not going to get into that. But at the time when everybody had a sense of humor, it was funny. And people don't laugh at much stuff anymore because everybody's oversensitive and super sensitive and they get their feelings hurt. However, this whole thing with Shane Dawson, I don't find that humorous at all. I actually think that anybody who does anything with a child, even in simulation, is absolutely disgusting and appalling. I don't know 
why anybody in their right mind would think to do something like that. The thing that really gets me is why is it, because I see Jada Pinkett Smith had tweeted, I'm done with you, all of this stuff. Why didn't you address this at the time? It's, I'm sure that somebody knew about it, and it's just now that all of these things are resurfacing. I don't get it. Hollywood is a very close-knit community. They protect each other, and we all know that. It's not a conspiracy theory. We may not know everything that's going on, but trust and believe that there are some shit is it arc shit or no? I think it is. Well, anyway, I'm not going to worry about the grammar right now. Needless to say, it's quite disturbing. And I'm glad that I'm not following him <laughs> when all of this shit broke out. Because I don't even want any part of it. I mean, even a while back, I had contacted him. I had sent him an email asking him if I can interview him about conspiracy theories and he never got back to me, which shouldn't surprise me because he was probably feeling, why should I get interviewed by somebody so lowly and I'm bigger than them? I should be interviewed by XYZ. I mean, who knows what's going through people's minds? This is just me inventing shit in my head. But who knows? Maybe he just felt that way. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't interview him because in situations like that, you don't want to be part of such a disgusting scandal. I am very careful about who I interview. I do research on them. I make sure that they have a good reputation, at least. So it's important for me, and I say that because... When I had uh, Mistress Thick on the episode, I did touch upon something that had happened a few weeks ago on Twitter where somebody had interviewed another person and they made light of who they were and this positive, enlightening chat. And it was with a person who is allegedly scathing. No different than Shane Dawson in the sense of disgusting or disparaging, however you want to. So while we may not all have like these clean backgrounds, if you will, I still like to make sure that the people that I'm interviewing are reputable people. And for me, interviews are a reflection of my community, how I would like to represent this person. When I interview somebody on my show and I invite them to my show, it's like inviting them to my home and to be able to sit down and express themselves. And this is another reason why I like to pre-record as opposed to doing some shows live. In this format, it's easier for me to pre-record because if I get disruptive or my stupid neighbor across the street decides to turn on his car, 
I can cut the audio off and you won't have to hear those annoying sounds. You know, I don't control my neighbors who are rude. However, in live shows, I can't do that. And I enjoy doing live shows. But with all that being said, I digress and want to keep up in, in the topic of who I interview and the importance of having good representation on the show. A few weeks before that, I interviewed somebody, and I'm not going to go into the whole thing because I made the show private. I may even just take it down just for the sole purpose of that. If the link works while it's in private form, that I really don't want anybody to hear all of that nonsense, if you will, that for me, it wasn't a show that represents what Unfiltered is about. So getting back to the whole Shane Dawson thing and Jeffree Star, they are both egocentric. So the fact of the matter is, is that they probably have money beyond their means and they probably won't be hurt if they don't do anything on YouTube or what have you or they lose followers. Because, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that while somebody can do something wrong and you have video proof of it, you've seen it with your eyes and you have the group that will not support them and unfollow them and it'll be like a big deal. But then you'll also have another group that will just stand by them regardless. They're not going to care. They're going to look at it as a mistake. They're still going to support either way. This is the world that we live in. You've seen it hundreds of times where people will just still support the most outrageous sort of nonsense. It happens. What can I tell you? Well, with all that being said, no love loss for Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star. I don't support them. I never bought Jeffree's makeup. I have no plans on buying his makeup anytime soon. It's just not my cup of tea. And I'm fine with that. I think that people waste too much energy hating on someone. Whether you're just using the energy and venting on social media or having private conversations with other people, I just think a lot of the times it's just so stupid to have these mindless discussions about people that don't directly affect your pocket. This is the way I look at it. If nobody is paying me for it, if my bills are not getting paid for it, I don't want to be bothered with it. Unless it is affecting me directly, I'm not going to waste my time. I've wasted already, I don't know how many minutes on this, 14, 15 minutes. Enough. Enough of it. Moving on to the next Topic. I wanted to talk a little bit about David and Lana in the 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Days series. I felt like I related so much to this couple in the sense that David is in such denial about who Lana is and what their relationship means for them, or for him, rather, because I don't think it means much to her. But I want to touch on those notes. I'm going to take a short break, 
And when we get back, we're going to talk about David and Lana's relationship on the 90 Day Fiancé. And of course, I'm going to add my own experience in there because who doesn't like to hear me chastise more of shit show? So we'll be right back with more Maribel Blue Unfiltered. Hey everyone, it's Maribel Blue with Maribel Blue Unfiltered. Are you a professional or even amateur paranormal investigator where you feature yourself on YouTube or you've been on any television programming and would love to share your experiences with us? Please contact me directly at MaribelBlueUnfiltered at gmail.com and let's schedule your next interview. Hi, this is Mistress Lilith, and you're listening to Maribel Blue Unfiltered on KEM Top Talk Radio. And we are back. I am your host, Maribel Blue Unfiltered, and now we are going to move on to David and Lana. Now, a few weeks ago, I had my guest Bernadette Giacomazzo come on the show to discuss 90 Day Fiancé before the 90 Days. She's an avid watcher of the series of all of the franchise. So she has been keeping up a lot more than I have. I originally was not watching the show only because I was living my own disaster. And I felt like, why do I need to relive it through other people on a television show? However... Having caught the 90 days before the 90 days, because this is like a whole bunch of different type of 90 days, I was very intrigued with the David and Lana relationship. I felt in some ways I related to their situation in the ways of how David was in so much of denial with thinking that he had a real relationship with Lana and that she was the real thing and she had real feelings and everything about her was real. The crazy thing is that while she was real, that's not the crazy part. The crazy part is is how he was still making himself believe there was a realness to her as far as her feelings were concerned. And if anybody was watching the show would see that she was very aloof. Her hugs were not really genuine. You just saw this look in her eyes of when is this going to be over kind of a thing. And part of me didn't feel bad for David because I just feel like how could you not see that this girl provided you as Bernadette Bernadette said on the show, she provided you a girlfriend experience. She gave you the feeling that you were the only one. And that's a great feeling to have. Don't get me wrong. In real life, when two people care about each other, they have that exclusive feeling for one another. I think it's great. But when only one person is having that experience and the other one could basically care less because let's not put a filter on that. 
so to speak, let's call it for what it is, is that this girl provides a service. She provides a service to make men feel good, feel good maybe about themselves, feel good about the relationship that they have with her. She's making money from it. Clearly, you can tell that this girl had no need to, how do you say it? She wasn't having hard times, in other words. She clearly is living very well. So with that in mind, here we have David, who is also not suffering from money. I mean, look, the man has been in air quotes relationship with Lana for the last seven years. He has supported her every time that he chat with her, whatever it is that they're using, he had to pay money to chat with her. So it wasn't like she was changing the terms and said, here's my personal e email address. Here's my WhatsApp, because everybody uses WhatsApp as a form to connect with one another and you're not really paying for it. So if she wasn't providing these alternatives, where in his mind did he think that they had a realness about their relationship? There was nothing real about it other than she's a real human being. She really does have a life. She really does participate in in her nephew's, I forget what it what it was, soccer or whatever, whatever it is sports. So for anyone less to think that she would pick up her life from the Ukraine and leave for Las Vegas to be with David, I don't think that was going to happen. Now, while I didn't get to watch part three of the reunion, it's clear when Somebody brings up the fact that Lana could not be real in her feelings. David gets very defensive. He wanted Big Ed off of the screen. He didn't want to hear about it. This is, again, this is the the crazy aspect of it, I guess for lack of a better word, is that when people are so caught up in a fantasy, they don't want that fantasy broken. And I get it. Look. I had my own shit show here. It was bad in every sense of the word. It was not a real relationship. It wasn't until he had arrived here that I realized that I probably made one of the biggest mistakes in my life. And no matter how much I tried to give it a chance. And maybe it was my own feelings. Maybe it was things that I was inventing in my head. Still, things would come back that would show me that this was not the person that I thought he was because he had presented somebody who had humor, who had charm, who had style, and literally, I felt like I met a homeless person who was miserable every day. He had odd habits, weird habits. He was rude. He was not kind. He was always irritated and irritable about something. And I just couldn't understand how a person 
could live like that every day, let alone me, who is the complete opposite of who he was when he was here. I say was because he's past tense. I don't know where he is. I don't care to know where he is. I don't care about him. I actually loathe him, to be honest with you. And when I did this interview with Scott Schmarin, I was hesitant on putting it up because when he, when I made a comment about this relationship and how I guess I tried to analyze or revisit or correct something, the first thing he had asked me was, why? Like, why are you doing that? I didn't know what to say. I was like, well, because, and I felt stupid. I laughed it off. But I didn't feel good about myself, and I completely understood what he was saying as to why continue to revisit something that I cannot fix. You know, sometimes it's things like that that just happen in experiences within our lives that we find ourselves in a place of how do we fix it? And the thing is, is that we cannot fix the past. We can't just say, okay, let me get a do-over and see if I could change this. We can't. Because if if there was a way to do do-overs, I mean, imagine how everybody would make the world backwards. It would be insane. We wouldn't know where to go, what to do if everybody was going back and correcting everything all at once. Here I was thinking about my own situation and realizing that I have a choice. I can either A, beat myself up for bringing this man into my life on a daily basis or find a way to continue to forgive myself and move on. And I have to say continue to forgive myself because there are days that I'll have like really good days and not think about it. And then something will come up that will bring back a memory of him and not in a good way. Like anything that I think about of him is just not good. I'll give you an example. Recently, I was cleaning out my iPhone because it started to run out of memory. So it's like your iPhone, your storage is full, your storage is full. And it's like, okay. So I started deleting pictures and GIFs. Like I had no idea how much my phone was storing and deleting. I mean, had I known that or remembered to clean out my phone every time these things occurred where people would share GIFs or pictures or me, vice versa, what have you. And I started to run into videos and pictures of him and it just brought back so many feelings of disgust like why was I attracted to him what did I see in him I mean one of my friends had me cracking up mistress rage she called him the Geico caveman which I just found completely hilarious I think we laughed about that for days And, you know, while we can make fun of people facially and the way they look, a lot of my friends know that I'm vain in the sense if I'm going to have a boyfriend, he has to look good and 
be sexy. And he was neither one. <laughs> you know, I wrote this article in Maribel Blue Unfiltered. You can actually read the article and I'll link it on the Porto as well as Anchor of the situations that occurred while we were in a relationship and why it took me so long to actually have him removed from here. I think the blessing in disguise was he was a Canadian citizen. So because I refused to marry him, it was just easy for him to have to leave. It became to a, it came to a point where it was no choice. He had to go. So I was happy about that. But in the sense how this all relates to David and Lana is that he too, shit show I'm talking about, was in denial. He lived in an angry world where the circumstances of his life was other, it was either other people's fault or it was just the exterior circumstance of how things happened. He took no responsibility for his own actions. He just refused it. Nothing was his fault. Nothing at all. When you meet somebody like that, it's a matter of being cautious. These are the things that we as women or as men even look out for in partners or potential partners in their relationships. I think that it is super important to know how your potential partner deals with situations. What are their actions? What responsibilities did they take to either resolve an issue or something that happened in their life? What were the actions that they took. All of these things are important to know what kind of person you want to be with. I'll even give you another example. Years ago, back in the MySpace days, no less, I met a guy and we started talking. I didn't meet him physically, but we just seemed to connect fairly quickly. And we just started talking. We were talking on the phone. We were emailing each other. It was just really good. It was nice. It was refreshing. He was actually going through a custody hearing. He was filing for custody for his children because allegedly his baby's mother, she was using drugs and he wanted to provide a better life for his children. And that just that was just great. When you meet somebody who takes that responsibility and they say, I want to take responsibility for my children. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to make sure that I provide for them is when you see somebody being responsible. The day that he had court, I had emailed him, wishing him luck, that I hope everything will turn out well in his favor, and to contact me 
when he was done. And oddly enough, I did not hear from him all day. And I said, okay, that was strange. Something must have went wrong. And he's he's not talking about it. He's just going to keep a distance. This was my rationale because I didn't have any other reason to think otherwise. Well, the day went by, nothing. Then the evening went by and I emailed him one more time and I said, hey, I'm worried about you. I haven't heard from you. Is everything okay? And that was basically it. No response, nothing. I got nothing in return. The next day comes, there's nothing at all. Now, I think on MySpace, you were able to tell when a person last logged in. And when I checked my when I checked on my MySpace, when I logged onto my account, I went to his page, I saw that he had logged in the day before. And I said, okay, well, that's odd. So you were able to log into MySpace, but you weren't able to write me back. And then I started thinking to myself, hmm, I think this guy is going to be a fadeaway. That's what they called them. Well, that's what I called them. I wrote an article on it. I definitely have to put that back up on Kinky Magazine because I wrote a lot of editorials that I have yet to put up in the magazine. So much years of content. So as the days went on, I knew that I was never going to hear back from him. I did send him a final email letting him know that I didn't appreciate not hearing anything back or some kind of explanation as to why he stopped speaking to me. After all that, if I wanted to be in a relationship with somebody, that I wouldn't want to be with someone who failed at communicating and thinking about his children, what would he be teaching them when something would happen, a situation where maybe his son didn't like a girl? How would he end that relationship? And communication was the key to that. And yes, was I hurt? Absolutely, because I felt like, wow, this is a guy who's genuine, who's responsible, who works, who wants to be there for his children, but yet he couldn't have that open communication with me and say, I changed my mind. Now, granted, there are people who feel as though they need to step away silently because they don't know how the other person is going to react. They may be afraid that the person will be angry and be stalkerish after that. I am neither in the sense that, yes, will I be angry? Of course. But stalkerish or begging or why... No, that's not me. If somebody doesn't want to be with me, I'm not going to sit there and beg why. That's something that you did like at 14 when you would cry, you know, when somebody broke you up. But why? But why? I'm not 14. I'm old enough to understand that if somebody doesn't want to be with me, I have to accept their choice. And besides, 
why would I want to be with somebody who really doesn't want to be with me? It doesn't make any sense. Think about it in that aspect. Don't do me any favors. I don't need favors from you. I don't need help from you. And this is the fact that David cannot see that Lana wants nothing to do with him. She wants to live her life in the Ukraine. She wants to be able to maintain being with her family and whatever line that she's using to communicate with other men to have that boyfriend experience look or the giving, giving them the girlfriend experience rather. The thing is, is that for some people, money will be bigger than anything else. Money satisfies, or I should say it like this, money will satisfy or give them the satisfaction of what they're looking for in life without having those commitments that they have to make with another person. When you get in a relationship with somebody, that is a really big commitment. And in my article, when I wrote how a coworker shared about the vows that she took with her husband, and I started thinking about that, I said to myself, there's no way in hell I can get married to somebody that I don't love, that I actually loathe and despise, and to share those vows I mean, those are some serious words right there. You just don't say it just because it's a good idea. It's because you want to be with that person because you love them. And I did not love shit show. I don't think I ever did. The idea was great in my mind. But in real life, it wasn't what I was looking for. And I was able to acknowledge that. Sadly, Shit Show was not. Because again, he is a person who blames the exterior of his own circumstances. And he is not prone to accepting the faults of his own actions and responsibilities. And when it comes to this show, 90 Day Fiancé, whether before the 90 days or during the 90 days, while the 90 days, whatever the 90 days, the fact is, is that whatever situation you are in and you're getting involved with somebody, you better be sure that that's the person that you want to be with if that's where the relationship is heading. Marriage is a very serious thing. It's it's a serious commitment. And it's probably one of the reasons why I haven't done it. Because it's not something that I just want to do with anyone. And I'm glad that my relationship ended. I'm glad it's over. I'm free. I can do whatever it is that I want. And I feel better about myself. So I'm happy for that. I don't know if I have anything else in my notes that I wanted to talk about, but I did want to definitely bring this up because I think it's important to know where we all stand, what we're fighting for. One of the sayings that 
that people have said. I don't know where it comes from, wh who quoted it, but choose your battles wisely. And I do. I try to get involved with organizations that are doing good for humanity and mankind. We're living in some strange times right now with the COVID, with the movements that are happening. Sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming. People are very high in their emotions right now. Everything is being taken literally. Nobody can find a way to move past certain things or certain issues. And while some are serious, most are just over the top nonsense. And I'm not talking about police brutality. I'm just talking about like little things, um, a word, uh, a saying, a picture. I, I mean, it's just sometimes it just becomes too great, at least for me. There has to be some type of, of middle ground and understanding, knowledge, education. I always believed that education was the most important aspect of how we carry ourselves and how we live. Because without education, there's really not much else we can do. We're just going to be battling ignorance every day. I appreciate the people who take the time out to educate and to teach. They also learn. They keep that door of knowledge open. And it's great that we can all do that. Relationships are tough across the board, whether you're trying to build a relationship with an organization, whether you're trying to build a relationship with a company, or even just a personal relationship looking for your potential partner. All of these relationships comes with their, or I should say, come with their own challenges. And it's how we tackle all of those challenges, who we are as a human being and caring for mankind as a whole is what's important. And you know what? If certain things don't work out, it just doesn't work out. I like Scott Schmarin's saying of discovering how amazing you are. And I think when we take that moment, look at ourselves in the mirror, we may not like what we see initially. Maybe our hair is too short or maybe it's too long. Maybe we've gained weight. Whatever whatever the case may be, what you see on the outside, know that you have the power to change that. But then you also have the power to change your feelings on the inside and what steps you can take to change that. What can you do? Maybe volunteer somewhere. Maybe work at, at, a, at a homeless shelter for the time being. Just explore the opportunities of life. Because I have seen people just sit down and complain and just watch certain programming. They know that it's going to upset them. 
but people do it anyway. Because sometimes it's easier to sit and be miserable than to go out and make a difference and be positive and grateful. I think all of those things are important in order for you to feel different about your own life. And I think that's what's important. So I'm glad that I was able to do this because maybe I just needed to hear my own words and encourage myself about just my own life and the mistakes that I made. In cleaning out my phone, (laughs) I still get mad because some of those videos are still popping up. I mean, just a little while ago, I was cleaning out audio, and the minute I heard his voice, I deleted it right away. I don't even care to hear his voice. But I have to remember that it was an experience that I had. And what did I learn from it? What can I take away from this? Because the next person that comes into my life, I'm going to tell you now, the minute I see any red flags of any residual behavior that happened in that past fiasco, I know to nip it in the bud right away. There's no reason for me to sit there and say, I'm going to give it another chance. I'm going to wait and see if it changes. People will present themselves as they are who they are. I know as a saying, Maya Angelou, if they present themselves as who they are, believe them. I, I know I'm saying the quote wrong, but you know what I'm talking about. When that person comes to you and they speak a certain way, they carry themselves a certain way, they believe certain things, believe that. Even as far as I was having a conversation with somebody maybe about a month ago. We were talking about relationships. I remember I was seeing an attorney and he was dead set about having any relationships. He refused it. And I thought for a minute I could change his mind. But you know what? He wasn't going to change his mind. He had zero interest in being in a relationship. And every now and then I'll contact him just to say hi, see how he's doing. Guess what? He's not in a relationship. People will be honest with you from the beginning, but then you have some people who will not be honest with you from the beginning because they're going to see how much they can get out of you. Hence the situation that I was in. They weren't honest from the beginning and it wasn't until that they got here that the true colors of this person came out. And that's when I said, "Um, I don't want to be with a person like this. So... Take your time. Don't take forever. Take your time. Be good to yourself. I say that every end of the show. Be good to yourself and be good to others. Again, it's an advice that I have to take for myself as well. And how I do that is one of the things that I'm doing now is getting involved with King Lexa and the project that she's working on. The other project I'm working on is the webinar education series for my magazine, ensuring that the teachers that I've selected will pass along positive messages that they can pass along to others and so forth. Because it is our responsibility as a society to share the knowledge that we have 
and to be able to have those messages carry on when we are no longer here to voice those messages. And that's what's important. So that is all for this show today. I hope that you enjoyed it and I hope that it helps you on your journey. And with all that being said, this is Maribel Blue signing off. And as always, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and most importantly, take care of you. Good night, everybody. 